Recorded on November 29th, 2022. Back in action. Welcome to the Push Ed Podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead, not pushing back. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Shelby. And I'm Pamela. And we're here to talk about a new year, new us. So we have a new season. Because season two. Season yeah. two. And this will not be the terrible twos. This will be the terrific twos. I promise to throw a tantrum or two, though. Okay. Okay. I've dealt with a couple of you before. Yep. Welcome. New season. So we are a timely news podcast, and we respect that you're not going to go back and listen to back episodes. So Even we though may you well, should. We've yeah. got some zingers in there. <laughs> Send us your favorites. But let's talk a little bit about who we are. So it's a new season. Hi, I'm Jamie. I am an ex-Republican. I used to vote for Republicans, and then I used to vote for nobody, and now I vote Democrat. I am an Air Force veteran, and I am a father. And I got into this because I care about what's going on nationally. I care about what's going on at the state level. I care about what's going on locally. I just wanted to do something. And here we are. I'm Shelby. I just want to rant. <laughs> I'm Shelby. I just wanted to rant about politics every other week. And your husband said, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this officially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it? You're married to an ex-Republican. I am. I take vast credit in turning him Democrat. It took me eight years. But wow. I did it. Yes. I knew starting dating him, he was a Republican. Obviously, you don't know Liz Estrada. Could have had it done faster. <laughs> Anybody listening that knows Liz Estrada knows what I'm talking about. If you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, he was allowed because he didn't. He was pro-choice, basically. Got it. And pro-gay. If that had not been the case, no, I would. I was the light of day. I was a small government Republican. I thought, hey, more rights for everybody, and that's what I thought the Republicans were all about. Kind of a libertarian, yeah. A little bit libertarian, but I, I don't know. I felt like that you know, the government still had a job to do. Yeah, good. And then you converted, and uh, you wanted to rant. And you, I remember you guys came to me. I'm Pamela. Did you have anything else to say? Other than that, I've been a crazy liberal since I was nine. Okay, not yeah. crazy, a little crazy. Yeah. So I'm Pamela, and you two came to me and said, "Hey, we want to do a podcast." I was like, "Whatever, y'all are just weird. I have nothing to say." And uh, invited me and we sat down. I was like, oh, this is really good. And Jamie's such a great editor. He takes all of our ramblings and turns them into something coherent that hopefully will make you laugh, listener, and maybe make you cry, but hopefully really just make you think and make you feel like you're not alone. And I'm the chair of the local Democratic Executive Committee. We are in Brevard County. Yeah. You might have seen us on the news recently. Or not recently. You might have seen this in, in any number of times in the last few years. Yes. If you want to be in the room where like really bad stuff happens, then it's here. And I'm really grateful. I really thought, I, you know, who am I? Nothing to say. You guys are super smart. But I really, I look forward to it every two weeks. And I really feel like we've, um, we've been able to break down some conversations. So what Jamie didn't say, Jamie brings all of the, the former Republican point of view, but also the point of view from a government work and global thoughts. And Shelby focuses a lot on our national politics. And then I turn it all down into our local conversation of what we can do here. Because just like with economics, votes trickle up, not down. So we here at Push Ahead are all about helping you to hopefully, this doesn't happen every episode, but hopefully when a big issue comes up, we try to give you talking points so that way you can talk with Republicans. 
because they're your neighbors, they're your friends, they're your drunk uncle who shows up to Thanksgiving and ruins things. And granted, you're not going to be able to have a constructive conversation with every extremist, but you might be able to talk to their audience in a way that resonates. And they, Republicans do have a different mindset. They do have different priorities. They care about different things. They think about stuff. There's a school shooting. We here, as Democrats, we think, oh, this is terrible. We should do something about it. Republicans say, oh, this is terrible. It's a shame that the world is built like that. And we, instead of thinking, we tend to, Democrats tend to think the Republicans aren't thinking about anything or don't care, don't feel they just feel different. I mean, they can still acknowledge that school shootings are bad, but they believe that as long as a single school shooting still has the possibility to happen, it's not worth doing anything about it. We are constantly striving to prevent perfect from being the enemy of good. And the name is because sometimes I know Democrats always feel like we're always pushing back. We're always pushing back. We're always pushing back. The idea behind this podcast is that with some of the tools that we provide or just our sharing of conversation and coming to some understandings our, ourselves, that we've given you something you can push ahead. Right, right. And we started this podcast because we felt like that there was more we could do. And if you're listening, I'm sure that you're hoping that there's more that you can do. Pam will say, please help us canvas, please volunteer. There's a lot of things that you can do that that take advantage of your unique skills, your connections, your your position to help make the world a better place. And when we come across those, we will point them out. And, you know, sometimes it's really easy to to lose sight of that, to think, how is what I do talking to my next door neighbor affecting the presidential election? But it really does. And it's one of the things that we also break down is how those are small actions, mm-hmm. the butterfly effect, whatever you want to call the it, how our small effect. actions affect, yeah, affect uh, global policy and yes. really make a difference. Yes, yes. And as as a final note, Voting is the beginning. If you feel like voting isn't enough, just listen to us. You're right. (laughs) And we will help you elevate your participation beyond just voting, because voting should be just the beginning. It should be the bare minimum. Okay. And now let's clear out some elephants in the room. Oh, the elephants. The The elephants. elephants. Okay, so before we get into the midterm results and what we can expect in the year to come, there have been a couple of newsworthy items. I personally have been tracking Twitter. Elon Musk is busy turning Twitter into a crazy conservative right-wing extremist den where he's banning all of the all of the right-wing tracking people and he's pandering to the extremists. Yeah. Twitter, man. Whew. It's crazy out there now. It is. And I'm gonna tell, I have a friend who I grew up with because he's talking about free speech, free speech. Friend I grew up with who I never see say anything like super argumentative or progressive or crazy or out there. And she recently got kicked off of Twitter. Huh. I said, what did you say? She said, I don't even remember. She actually considers that a badge of honor. I'm like, no, you should have screenshotted that shit. Yeah. Because he's talking about free speech and they're banning people. They're just banning people that they don't like. Yeah, I've been loving it how Elon Musk announced to the world comedy is now legal on Twitter. And then he started banning anyone who was doing parody and he said free speech is legal. And then he started banning people who exercise their free speech to do anything. But yeah, and he lost 50 of the top 100 advertisers and saying, hey, this is censorship. It's no, they're exercising their right to free speech by not exercising it on your platform. Yeah, yeah. 
So Twitter has been an entertaining dumpster fire. I am just the right distance away from it. I am close enough to be interested in what's going on, to understand the context of what's happening with the blue checks and the various accounts. But I'm not so close to the dumpster fire that I'm worried about it burning down my apartment building. So speaking of Twitter, the Cheeto got unbanned, but he said he wasn't going back to Twitter because my guess is he has a financial interest in not being on Twitter. And the second that he does, he loses, I don't know, 35 cents for I his thought he was parlor. back on. He's not back on. They unbanned him. But the second he tweets, all of his followers will abandon. What is it? Truth Social or Truth Social. He makes money. Yeah. He yeah. has an investment in Truth Social. And the second he goes back to Twitter, it loses all value. Now, that sounds really cynical. Do you honestly think he's that materialistic? That he makes every decision based on. No, I've seen his business record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, yes. Yeah, he is all about giving away money and then not paying anyone. Yeah, absolutely. And then he decided that he could not wait any longer. And he, he said announced. he was running for president again. So why do you think he did that? Because the spotlight was not on him. Our lovely governor took the spotlight off of him for a little while. I don't and think that's why. I think it's because now, because you're really close to subpoenaing. Oh, subpoenaing? Subpoenaing. It's a new word. Subpoenaing. Look it up. Subpoenaing him. Getting a subpoena. And and by by officially running for office, he can now say any um, investigation is politically motivated. He can what? say it. Are you still thinking of subpoenaing? If you ask him, he'll say he has, I have the biggest, best subpoenas out there. <laughs> My subpoenas are fantastic and amazing. The, the best, best ever. ever. And when he started that BS, the Department of Justice came out and said, oh, no, we're still looking into you. Right. So as soon as he announced, the DOJ announced that they were nominating a special master so that way they could continue with the criminal investigation into the Mar-a-Lago document stuff, which we covered last season. And we'll hopefully Listen to last season. (laughs) Listen to last season, which we will hope to continue to cover in upcoming episodes. Listen to upcoming episodes. But he also got the spotlight taken off of him. Oh. Thanks to um, he did, but I don't think that's why it wasn't no. that the spotlight was taken off of him. I, he was committed to running because he needs to do fundraising. But my thought is he was just going to come out and announce any way it came. And if you look at him, he was almost robotic in the way he was. Delivering yeah, I, heard, I didn't yeah. look at it. Shocking. But I heard a lot of feedback, which is exactly that, that his heart just doesn't seem in it. Yeah, where he is. He needs the money probably for to pay for his legal defense. Because the Republican, the RNC isn't paying for it anymore. And what was their excuse? Because he's a candidate. They said that they would pay his way as long as he didn't run. Right. Because that, this was back when he was thinking of starting his own political party. It, they start, said, pay your legal defense if you don't start a, a spinoff party. And now, although he is the number one frontrunner for the Republican primary, and there's an interesting dynamic where early front runners they take a lot of flack, a lot of criticism. Everyone takes pot shots at the front runner. And Mitch McConnell came out to sit today because Trump had dinner with supremacist and Kanye. No, that's too nice. They're Nazis. Uh, yeah, anti-Semitics. What was his name? I, I, I don't even care. I think of his name constantly, but he is actually an open. Yeah, I, I've been told that he doesn't wear flip flops because part of his morning routine is tying his shoes in little Nazis. 
Oh, my God. Oh, my. I've missed your puns, dude. <laughs> so he is. Nick Fuentes. Yeah, he's taking a lot of flack for that dinner, which was supposed to be a private little white supremacy gathering. And I guess they forgot their hoods. So people <laughs> recognized what was going on. Possibly didn't know. Like Nick Fuentes isn't like anything major except that he's everywhere. Yeah. And it often happens that you accidentally invite a world-renowned not white supremacist Nazi to your house for dinner. It could happen to anybody. Most people call that Thanksgiving. Right. And maybe he didn't know that Kanye West had been just out saying hugely repulsive anti-Semitic comments. Maybe he didn't know. I don't know. So he's catching a lot of flack for that. He's also catching a lot of flack because his extremist candidates weren't winning in the midterms. Yeah, which is great. So for democracy. Yeah, we'll cover that again. I'm sorry to keep on teasing, but Trump's endorsement didn't carry the same power that it did, which means that he's no longer the tastemaker of the GOP. Thank you, Republicans. I've not given up hope on democracy. So what needs to happen is he needs to fall out of the running really fast because the longer that he stays in the race, the more cover he runs for DeSantis. Yeah, he needs to get flipped out of the way so they can go attack DeSantis. The second. No, see, I don't mind him staying in there because I think it's going to be fun to watch him. DeSantis isn't taking the bait. Oh, not yet. But if DeSantis, if Trump keeps providing it and DeSantis is antsy about running, DeSantis' ego is just as big. But DeSantis is already getting victories by staying silent. Yeah. He, every time. He won't be able to stay silent for long. Every time that Trump attacks him and he doesn't respond. I did love that. Every time he gets attacked and he takes the high road, the conservative media praises him for holding his tongue. I do want to hear what his reaction to Trump having Nazis over because he reacted to nothing when actual Nazis were flying his banner. Because he's such a unprincipled person. It's clearly unprincipled. DeSantis just goes with whatever way the wind is blowing. He has never, ever said three words, Nazis are bad. And I know we're joking, this is our elephant out of the room session, but I find it interesting, the one place he's drawing his line in the sand is that he's unwilling to denounce Nazis. I don't, this isn't humor, this is real, but I yeah. don't get it. Anyway, it'll be fun to watch De Sanctimonious and Cheeto. Yeah, duke it out. Duke it out. But the thing is, my concern is that the longer that Trump is in the running and takes the spotlight, the longer it will take for the general population to recognize that DeSantis has the charisma of a bowl of cold oatmeal. I don't care what if. He's not a guy that you would want to have a beer with. And if you look at every Republican president for the past 20 years, George H.W. Bush was the bad, last one. Right? Yeah. I don't know that him being the nominee is bad as long as we find a charismatic candidate of our own. Yeah. We have a few ideas on that. But we'll speculate later. You can call him. All right. Call him. Hey, you need to run. Oh, yeah. If uh, I had their number, I would. You never know what my phone does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Trump also has been having some pretty bad legal troubles because in Georgia, uh, DA Fanny Willis. Gotta love her. Uh, her we love you, Fanny. Her subpoenas have been upheld by the Supreme Court now, which means that anyone that she subpoenas has to obey the law and show up. Lindsey Graham showed up. Uh, so everyone is going to be showing up and either pleading the fifth or ratting out Trump. I can't wait. <laughs> yes. So when does that start? Last week. Lindsey Graham was in front of the grand jury last week. Yeah. Grand jury sessions are closed to right. the public, though. So we're not going to know what comes out of it until there's an indictment. Cool. So those were the elephants that we got rid of. Now let's move on to the first topic. Midterm election. So elections have 
consequences. Yes. We'll cover those consequences in the Brevard drama. Yeah. Just putting those, again, putting those down the road because, boy, is there drama. Oh, God. Drama. But I'm going to say the elections, the results were shocking in Florida. And I posted, somebody posted a meme and it was like this destroyed person looking at their computer screen and it was Floridians watching the rest of the country. Honestly, I was like, why is everybody celebrating? And then realized, oh, Florida is the only place that sucks. Yeah. And it's like Texas actually didn't surprise anybody. Florida is the the worst. Abbott Abbott only won by 10 points. DeSantis won by 20. Yeah, I didn't look at that after. But as horribly as our state did, and we did. Yeah. And I think we had talked about some of the messaging missteps that I thought they made. Who am I? But I thought putting all of their eggs in the non-ovary Roe v. Wade basket What in Florida, what I was hearing at the doors was that wasn't the issue that was going to drive voters out. Voters that were going to vote on that were already coming out. Brevard yeah. County turnout was actually some of the lowest it's been since before 2014. Oof. Wow. I know. And we were leading the state. And we're the highest normally. We, My point is, we were still one of the highest with the lowest we've had since 2014. It was Oy. a crazy statewide result it was and i haven't seen yet the turnout by precinct so i don't know how that correlates to the doors that we've knocked i've asked for that and i haven't gotten it yet but locally we had some wins do you want to talk about this now or you want to talk about midterms first Uh, i'm out of order let's talk about okay go back to midterms yeah where's some wins there some exciting things the whole country decided that democracy was okay yeah at least for another two years it's worth keeping around yeah sarah palin lost i know which is amazing. In a ranked choice voting situation. Uh-huh. Yes. Bobert almost lost. I know, man. Which is just insane to think about because, as it is. Be, because her, her, what was, what's his name? Kevin Frit? His, the person she was running against. I know it's Frisch. I don't remember his first had name. Had 3% chance of winning. Like yeah. they were expecting him to not. And just in case listeners, since this was two weeks ago. In case you're one of the few people that doesn't know what we're talking about, like everybody anticipated the red wave, which I just call red tide. And obviously it was red tide because it only stuck in Florida. It kills everything it touches. Yeah. Yeah. But it, traditionally, as we all know, if you're listening to this, you probably know this, that traditionally the president's party, party loses the midterms. And that's when things are normal. When things are not normal. We have a no. global inflation rate that right. is cl- coming close to recession. We had a pandemic and Half the country didn't like the way that was handled. We, we've got a lot of issues that would have made this. We were all buckling in for a bumpy ride. And yet, like you're saying, people showed up and said they cared more about democracy. And Democrats lost some seats and lost the majority in the House. But it's but, so but, narrow. But not by much. Like, honestly, this is not a mandate. No. And there's not nothing that says they can't continue to there get were, business. There were early rumblings that if the margin of loss was under five seats, that they could entirely blame the Democratic Party in New York because they drew a map that favored Democrats and it got thrown out for gerrymandering. And then they came back and they drew another map and also the corruption of you know Cuomo. And so New York, I think, ended up swinging, but not enough to be like the sole cause of. You know. Oh, no. Florida was a cause, too. Yeah. Yeah, Florida was absolutely. There was no surprises. We didn't. Well, because we of gerrymandering, yeah. we lost Charlie Chris. Not just because Charlie didn't run because he was running for governor, but because it was redrawn. It was now a Republican seat. We did still hold Val's seat. And that went to the youngest person ever Maxwell elected Frost. to Congress. So there you go. Florida's not a totally lost cause. I'm looking for property in a West Orlando. I'm kidding. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> But uh, he's the voice of the future and a voice of the present. People talk about the future, but he's a voice of the present. He's the fact that he was elected 
tells us, I remember just watching the results. I stayed Arizona, Nevada. They were the last two. And then we, so we have a majority in the Senate without it all coming down to the vice president. Thank God. And we seated in keeping all of Arizona blue. Yeah. Every anti-2020. Every election denier. Yeah. That's, that's Lost. Trump's, that's Trump's word not being worth its weight in. Absolutely. Because he did endorse Carrie Lake and ooh, talk about lunatic. Yeah. Oh, now he said that she's the one he wants to run for vice VP. And then Fetterman winning in Pennsylvania. And now we still have the Georgia race. So yeah. why not? I'm going to stop right now. I tell you what you can do right now. You can start phone banking from wherever you are in Florida. And if you're willing to carpool, actually, I think it'd be super fun to drive to Georgia and get a whole bunch of people, get a cheap hotel and just go canvassing in Georgia. We could go canvassing in Thomasville. We could go canvassing in Brunswick, which is pretty close, only three hours away. Or phone banking from wherever you are for Warnock. This is going to be nothing but turnout. Not, there's no, we don't need to convince anybody to support Warnock right now. We just need to get Warnock supporters to go to the polls. And we saw yesterday the biggest early vote totals that surpassed 2020 and the recent midterm. I feel so bad for him. Like, it's down on him every time. Like, yeah. it was the whole weight of the world is on his shoulders two years ago. And now I'm, I'm sure he's just waiting for it. Can I just get elected and go six years without an election? Yeah. yeah. Can I beat the Texan who has never lived in Georgia yeah. Yeah. and has CTE? So my... My family, I have family in Atlanta who are rep Republicans. And my sister-in-law was visiting us for Thanksgiving and she said, look, I'm not a Republican anymore. Like I'm registered Republican, but I am, I don't even, I can't believe my party's this close to electing Herschel Walker. And they're big football fans too, but of course they went to Auburn. But there, we can do this if we, there's no point in having conversation. Anybody who does not know that Herschel Walker doesn't have enough functioning brain cells to write a bill, much less pass one, doesn't care. Yeah. Right. right. At this point, it's just getting the Democrats out to vote. Yes. And there's not there's nothing you can do more important than either going to Georgia and knocking on some doors or getting on a phone bank and making it happen. Yeah. I've also seen on Facebook with Warnock's campaign, you can also text. Yeah. So just remember But texting's uh, not as effective as a phone bank. Victims no. of traumatic brain injury deserve our compassion, not our vote. Correct. Herschel, I think you just need to rest. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Walker, sorry. So I think you I, need to focus on your family. I have <laughs> families. Yeah, Which one I, <laughs> exactly. I, I have been just so thrilled because he was no longer the pathway to the Republicans getting the majority. That pretty much the prediction of the Republican Party abandoning him to the wolves has happened. People have been rescinding their donations. Other really, I didn't see that. Money wow. back, yeah. So and here's the thing. It's not I, it's easy for us to say, oh, we've got the majority. We don't need to do this. Yes, it's we not do. just not having the majority. It's keeping that person out of the Senate. Oh, yeah. Like, let's just talk about that. We've, we would have Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert in Congress and Herschel Walker in the Senate. Can you imagine the conversation? Along with Tommy Tuberville, Ted Cruz. Can you, they're not like Ruby. He's just dumb. No, Tuberville doesn't know the three parts of government they ask him oh, right a lot of people don't know swimming. that but herschel doesn't know the three parts of his feet yes I, I, herschel I doesn't, got toes yeah herschel doesn't <laughs> even know how many children he has so this is about about just mm -hmm. it's still need to get this to happen so don't get distracted yet we have you're listening to this on friday and you're listening to this on friday because i know you listen on the day it comes out you wait by your phone waiting podcast it's friday morning can i get it yet <laughs> so you've got four more days mm -hmm. to make a difference for our country. 
by supporting Reverend Was also on our way to we need actual leaders that understand the weight of leadership like he does. He's the flipping pastor of Martin Luther King Jr.'s I mean, he, church. I'm, let's be real. He's not a perfect human. No, not He's at all. A human. He's got his own issues, but they just don't compare with Brandon. They just don't compare with somebody who says China's sending their bad air over here. Oh, didn't he do an? He talked about erections. No, I I, I, yeah, yeah, he did too. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he didn't miss that too often. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So midterms are over. They could have gone a whole lot worse, but people turned out. Good news here. We're not bad news the in Florida. Yeah, we got work to do in Florida. We have a ton of work to do. Thing, we're not afraid of work. No, <laughs> we're not. Elections have consequences. And so let's move on to the bottom half of our episode where we can talk about. So first, there are some good things that came out of Brevard County. As low as our turnout was, and it was historically low, 58%. Mm. Wow. I know. That's um, insane. And again, I haven't seen. There's a lot of, there are some systemic issues to that built into SB90 and the voter suppression that happened. But a lot of it was just people weren't motivated. Our candidates weren't inspiring. Or what, maybe we didn't do our job. Like our volunteer, I'm going to show you right now, our volunteers were down 200 volunteers from 2020. Ooh. Now we don't have the benefit of the anti-Trump sentiment. There's a lot of reasons for that. But if you're listening to this, I don't care what the reason is. We can't afford to let that be a reason. It's an excuse. We can't afford to, we can't afford to live in excuses either. What we did do in Brevard County is we did protect two of the important seats that we came in here wanting to protect. We have a majority in the city of Cocoa and a majority in the city of Pompey, which is our largest city in the county. We maintained both of those seats. Actually, all three of those seats. One was going to go to a Democrat anyway. We had two Democrats. We had a Democrat facing a Republican and another Democrat in the city of Cocoa. And our incumbent, Alex Goins, won. Cost won her re-election to her seat in Cocoa. And Kenny Johnson won. Space Coast Young Republicans had endorsed his opponent. Wayne Ivey had endorsed Ken, Kenny won handily in that race in Palm Bay. We also won a seat in Cape Canaveral, or she had won a special election last year. She won her actual seat this year. Um, that's Kim Adams. And we won a bunch of other seats in other municipalities and special tax districts. We grew our presence in elected seats in Brevard County by two. So we have 43 elected Democrats in Brevard County right now. I could tell you all of them, but I won't bore you to death because then... It annoys Jamie when I bore people to death. I don't know why he thinks it's boring. We don't go through a list of 43 people. But, yeah. but we do. We have 43 elected Democrats. And we also kept the sheriff from getting a judge. Mm. Sheriff had endorsed a judge, really wanted her to be a judge. And I don't know about you, but I think that Sheriff Wayne Ivey should not have a judge no. Um, no. in his back pocket. Not at all. So we supported a, a Republican who was running for that seat, and she won as opposed to Wayne Ivey's endorsed candidate. Because he owns enough of the government in, in Brevard County already. I don't think he needs... We passed millage. Yep. We got almost every everything that we, as Democrats, had put on our voter guide. Almost all of it passed, including the opportunity to recall county officers. Mm. Brevard Democrats supported that. It was titled Recall School Board. And for anybody freaking out out there, if you remember on last season, if you don't, you need to go listen to last season, <laughs> that there was a movement to make the Brevard County School Board officers only in the entire state recallable because you don't like the way they vote. And that did not fly, did not get put on our charter. What did was being able to recall school board and every other county elected official, including the sheriff, mm. the tax collector, the supervisor of elections, 
within state statute, which means if they perform malfeasance, misfeasance, public drunkenness, like seven things. Oh. Um, I heard four of those that a certain House representative that we all hate has done. They don't meet that. They're not recallable. But our state, our county officials are. Sure. So that, that comes in handy in a minute. <laughs> what we didn't do was we did not win our school board races. Oh, no. Which is devastating. Our kids, we knew it was going to be devastating and it already from the very day they were sworn in. Right. We've already put in action. Moms Liberty was out in force celebrating, claiming their wins. And they immediately asked for the resignation of a superintendent. That's a negotiation. He has said he'd be willing to have a conversation about his, his resignation. If that conversation doesn't go the way it should, then they might have to fire him, which would be its own issues legally. Right. And be very expensive to the Brevard County taxpayers because they have to pay another superintendent and they have to offer this superintendent severance legally according to his contract. They did that. Then Katie Campbell immediately asked that they revisit the guidelines that are in place to allow students to use a bathroom according to their identity. And they immediately took those guidelines down. There's no actual policy in place. There never was a policy in place. Now there really is, which is a student must use the bathroom according to their quote unquote biological sex, which is going to have devastating, right? not only real life impact on people in our county, but that opens our county up for federal lawsuit. We are the only county in the state which has this kind of guideline in place. The only county. So we're going to be setting case law precedent here. And it's going to be very expensive. There is no limit on a financial liability that a federal lawsuit can bring on our Brevard County School Board, at which point the four school board members who voted for that, I believe if you're inviting a multi-million dollar lawsuit against my school board, that's malfeasance. It's just about, you can't recall somebody because you don't like how they vote. That's policy. It's called an election. You can recall somebody if they perform malfeasance. And the definition of malfeasance is causing financial harm to your jurisdiction. I don't know, but a multi-million dollar lawsuit that oh, could have yeah. been avoided. Now, there's if you're listening to this, I've had people immediately, because Matt Susan was made the chair. We knew that was going to happen. This was all orchestrated well in advance. He had worked out a deal, sunshine law, be damned. Don't even tell me that that existed. If you watch the school board meeting, it was like somebody handed these people a script. You're going to say this, and then you're going to say this, and then I'm going to say this. Yay! So when people are sending out a recall motion for Matt Susan because he had an affair, I don't care. Yes, he had an affair. He was married. He had an affair with a, he had an affair with a vice president of the union. I got her pregnant, and now he's married to her. Doesn't he have three different baby mamas? No, I think he only has two. Okay. He was only married twice. Oh, I know he's married twice. But regardless, Matt Susan loves kids. He just he loves, loves kids. So Can't get enough of them. Nope. Literally. But that is not a recallable offense. Right. But financial misfeasance or malfeasance to the point of multi-million dollars. Oh, yeah. Exposing us to that level of risk just to score political points. Exactly. That is malfeasance. Now, somebody, I'm not going to do this. Somebody needs to research the statute. I've read the statute myself. I'm going to tell you what has to happen. Somebody has to present a case that's first they have to create a, a political committee, register a political committee with the school board, with the supervisor of elections. They have to create a case that's compelling, go to a judge, get the judge to approve the case. Once the judge has approved, says, yes, this meets the standards, you may move forward with the recall. Then they have to get enough signatures from within that school board member's district. And that's hard. It's a yeah. very high threshold. I think they have three months to get 
I don't know, eighty percent. Oh, okay, so so pretty much it's like so your school board member cost the county ten million dollars because they voted this way. Do you disagree with that? Yes, please sign. Anybody can sign it. All that does what happens if you reach the and you only have three months to get that from the day the judge you can't get signatures in advance from the day the judge approves it you have three months. At that point, that then would go and once the signatures are all verified, that would be on a ballot. Then you would vote to actually recall that person and replace. Now, the danger, potential danger, is right now it's in, I'd have to look at this and see if, if it's a recall is different. If a school board member is replaced, they're replaced at appointment of Deron DeSantis. Right. So that would be its own issue, but then the you know, same kind of thing. So there is possibility out there. And the four school board members who voted for that were Matt Susan, who is now the school board chair, Katie Campbell, Jean Trent. And Megan Wright. The million dollar. Multi-million dollar. The multi, yeah, the multi-million dollar quartet. There you go. So that's where we are with that. And it is truly devastating. I don't see anything good coming out of the school board at oh, all. And, and I, I saw that first. Families for Safe Schools was looking for people to join like an accountability squad. The one thing that's going to happen, there are some organizations looking to really involve people in our school boards, including the Brevard Dems. We're looking not just our school boards, but we're really trying to get people, not trying, we're going to get people to join our government affairs committee who will commit to attending regularly our school board meetings and our city and every level of government so that we are present in the room. So when there's an issue, our elected officials know that we've got their back and they can come back to us and talk about that we can act on. Right now, school board Monday is going to be an emergency meeting to discuss the new security plan, which we'll discuss. It's not a security plan. It's... I don't know what it is. I saw that there's something on Thursday night for discipline, and I'm mad because they always schedule it when my kid has a function and I have to be there. Let's, the Monday morning one's going to be on that. I, the, the Thursday night one is not an official meeting. It's more of a workshop. Okay. And then the next school board meeting will be December 3rd. And if you're listening to this, go to your school board meeting. They need to see the community. I was in the school board meeting. There were a lot of people there from the Pride community because we knew the bathroom bill was going to come up. And then suddenly, Megan Wright's talking about firing the superintendent. And there were a lot of people from the NAACP community there as well. Mr. Minus was there, Black leaders from our Melbourne community. And they've worked really hard to build a relationship of trust with the school board, including Dr. Mullins. When Dr. Mullins realized the big learning gap we had between our minority students and our white students, our non-white students and our white students. And there was trust that was going to be, that's why they hired a DNE director, DEI director. When they talked about firing, they were, you could hear the room gasp. Mm. And Mr. Minus is one of the most polite people I've ever met. And this group of five or six people were like yelling at the school board members. You know, this is wrong. Don't do this. And they stood up and they walked out. I was applauding them. So I, that's not typically what people do. So we need people to continue to show up to show them that we have their back. And so hopefully Moms for Liberty, they are hopefully going to have some of that momentum knocked out of their sails. They're not going to be able to recruit. They're not going to have anything to rally against because Honestly, they're... you know how many Moms for Liberty people showed up? About 10. And I expect that to peter out as they get bored because, again, who are they going to be angry at? They have the majority. Who are they going to be fighting? That's even when they were saying that... There's, Florida needs a change. From what? Yeah. You our got what you need, wanted, idiots. Our schools, not only that, our schools need to be protected. From what? The Republicans have run our state for 20 years, including the majority of our school boards. 
75% of our school boards, even before this election, were run by Republicans. Yeah, yeah. Our number one achievement is that we're better than Mississippi. So let me tell you what one of the most liberty people did say to somebody. A veteran, a very peaceful woman from showed up and she, at the end of the meeting, she approached a somebody wearing a Moms Liberty shirt. She asked why why this Moms Liberty person thought banning the books and policing what bathrooms kids use was is important. And the woman's immediate response to this veteran, who she's never met before, was because you are a neo-Nazi woke bitch. I don't care if anybody, I never met you before. You're opposing me. So you're a neo-Nazi woke bitch. And by the way, We'll get on the whole conversation about woke in another episode. I think we should devote a whole episode to Ron DeSantis's horrible racist comments. Yes. So the point is that Brevard County voters, the people that we that you're afraid to talk to if you're listening to this, that you I don't want to go talk to their doors. They voted for us in almost every instance that they didn't know it was a Democrat. They voted for our policies overwhelmingly. Yes. They voted for Democrats on municipal seats overwhelmingly. We don't need to fear or be repulsed by our neighbors, including the one that said that. If you're a praying person, pray for them. You <laughs> said blessings on y'all. Yeah. Bless God. your heart. Yeah. May God bless you with the compassion and wisdom needed to yeah. get through life. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's obviously sorely missing. But we just, we're committed. I'm committed to a strategy plan through 2032 of building a blue bench. And we can't do that if we allow the most rabid voices, the Randy Fines, the Matt Susans, the... Gene Trent's to scare us out of what we need to do. The most important thing is not that we shout louder than they do. It's that we speak to their audience because exactly. Randy Fine, without his rabid following, is just a fat man in a suit. Yeah. Without any political power, without his audience, he is a nobody. A, a fat rich guy. Fat rich guy. Yeah. yeah. He has oodles of casino money, which I'm sure is probably super clean and not connected to the mob at all. I don't know. And not at all. Not has nothing to do with why he wants to bring casinos to Florida, expand casino expansion in Florida. Oh, yeah. So they only have power if we give it to them. Right. And we, that's, why, be careful on your social media. Why are we arguing with these people instead of using their platform to reach their audience with facts? Which is why Randy Fine's really good at blocking people. Mm-hmm. He blocks people. If I was talking to somebody today, our new campaign chair, Rochelle Jolly. And she said, I don't know why mom somebody blocked me. All I did was ask questions. I said, because your questions lead people to truth. They don't yeah. like that. They don't like sharing their platform. They no. want to get on your platform. So right. don't argue with them on your Facebook page. Don't argue with them on your Twitter comments. Just remove and block and then speak to your audience yep. with words of truth. Yeah. The delete comment bon- oh, yeah. button has been a favorite of mine. So we just don't be afraid of your neighbors. Don't be afraid of the Republicans. Yes, last night for Kenny Johnson, he was sworn in and Peter Filiberto, a Republican, was sworn in as well. They both gave really good speeches. How many swear? <laughs> they weren't sworn out. There were numbers were actually literally so interesting story, fun story. Peter Filibetro gave a classy speech and I applauded for him after he was sworn. I didn't stand. I didn't think that was actually my role. I did stand for Kenny, but I did applaud Peter and he gave it. And I went up to him after I said, that was a really classy speech. The point is that I can be civil with this elected Republican. I don't think we need to I don't think we need to take over the county and seat every person, every seat needs to be a Democrat. There are some really rational human beings out there. They're not currently on our school board. No. Let me just tell you that. Yeah. But the only way we're going to make inroads in the future in our partisan seats is if we don't give up on our neighbors and just remember they vote with us. We just we just have to continue to give them permission 
to vote with us. And we can't do that if we're, we want our most marginalized communities to stand proud, be proud. Space Coast Pride, wear that rainbow, even though they're trying to make your marriage illegal. Wear that rainbow, even though they're trying to say that you have to use a bathroom that you don't identify with. Where You should stand proud. And the Black community, you should stand proud, even though they just lynched your people not even 100 years ago right here in Melbourne. You should stand. But tell somebody I'm a Democrat. Loud and proud. Absolutely. So if you're listening to this and you are a Democrat, we don't need to be ashamed of that. They want us. They're going to tell you you need to be because the Republican elected officials know that if we are being heard by our neighbors, that we're going to make. This is the problem, though. This is what I have. I will have a great debate with a Republican when we both agree that facts are important. I don't know how to do it when... Oh, that's just your opinion. Oh, oh well, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a female and a you, stay-at-home mom. I do agree with the Republicans on one thing. There is no reasoning with snowflakes. Yes. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. And also, gonna, so when you're talking to those people, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote a scripture here. Help me to be understood. Help me to understand more than to be understood. I think when we live in that framework... So we're going to have better conversations with people, but we're so busy trying to be heard and understood that we're not willing to do the same for them. Why is it that we want them to understand our opinion because it's facts, but we won't understand theirs because it's not facts and it is factual to them. Just like Jamie said, the paradigm that people view things through is reality. Right. The fact that a shooting is to a Republican, people suck. So we need to arm our teachers. That's a reality. To them. Just like for us, maybe we should have less guns on the streets is a reality. Those are both actual points of view of the same thing. Right. And we have, if you want to have normal conversations with people, you have to hear them where they are, find out where you agree, and then move to the next step. Yeah, I know. I am just darn tired of being the adult in the room. I know. So it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. No. It's, and if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. There's nothing wrong with just not having that conversation and moving on to the next person. But when that relationship's worth it, then it's just hard work. There are some facts, if they're presented in a fashion, there are people looking for off-ramps. And we are so busy being mad at them forever entering the highway they were on to begin with that they can't take that off-ramp. If you really want to give people room to agree with you, you have to give them room to take that off-ramp instead of just racing by them. Yep. The number one step in diffusing an argument is finding common ground. Yeah. We both agree that eating babies is terrible. It's a bad idea, without salt especially. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But barbecue pork ribs, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And so because of that, let's agree that communism was a political system. Of all the political systems, it was one of them. It was one of them. Yeah. (laughs) Having a conversation. So we didn't talk about the sheriff, and I know you wanted to. Yesterday, our sheriff, or not yesterday, this is Friday. This week, our sheriff, upon invitation by Matt Susan, chair of the school board, held a press conference in front of the jail to say, we're going to deal with discipline in our schools. Kids having cell phones in classrooms has to stop. Literally. It's time to return to the good old days of whipping the skin off the ass cheeks of these students. Literally quote from our sheriff saying he's going to be writing school board discipline policy. That's not his job. Can we get a sheriff who cares less about SG? I think that's a good start. Um, But then BFT endorsed it. That's not. So my conversation with the union, because their reality, their job is to protect our teachers. And the reality is teachers are leaving in droves because of a discipline issue. Yes. So what I said to them was you could have said you believe your school board can handle this without involving the sheriff. It was too late because I had this conversation later. 
But that's something we can all agree on, yeah. that the sheriff's yes. job is to enforce the law. By the way, if any of these teachers actually had law-breaking activities performed against them, nothing precludes them picking up the phone and calling the sheriff's department. Nothing. Let's be clear. The teacher's union job to protect the teachers. The teacher's job is to educate our children. The sheriff's job is to arrest people. When they break the law. So when you're point? saying nothing gets yeah. done, that is a true thing. Problem with discipline in our schools, that's the administrators. That's a school board issue. They can talk to administrators. But that's not the guidelines that are in place that Matt Susan voted for. Yeah. Sheriff Ivy writing new guidelines isn't going to change that. It's not going to make the administrators follow them. But the point is that Ivy should not be in this conversation. Nope. His job is to enforce the law. And if people, they're, I'm hearing that teachers have had their nose broken and blah, blah, blah. They should have called law enforcement. Yeah. If law enforcement didn't enforce the law then, why are they going to do it now? Because they're writing it? It's just a terrible idea all the way around. So the conversation I would have with somebody about that is the sheriff's job is to enforce the law. If he hasn't been enforcing the law, that's on him. Is he is he going to start enforcing the laws of English where if people end their sentence with a preposition, he's going to be like, you, you're arrested. Except that he doesn't know them himself. Uh, yeah. My conversation is simply getting to this. He literally said that students should be arrested for having cell phones in school. You can't legally take cell phones away from students because no. of active shooter situations. Right. So that's something that every parent I know, I don't care how conservative you are, would understand with that. I would start by saying, we agree. Discipline in our schools is an issue. Yeah. By the way, the union saying it's the number one issue for teachers. I'm like, then why haven't you brought this up before now? And why is why did you go from zero to 60 involving the sheriff in this conversation? Right. So the conversation that you can have about this issue is you find common ground that discipline is an issue in school. Absolutely. And it is. But and not school shootings is an issue. And yeah. so in order to protect our students that in case of a school shooting, they should have access to their cell phones. So maybe taking them away in the name of discipline is threatening our children's lives. And that's how you find the common ground. And also, we agree that discipline is a problem. Whereas I've heard, and every teacher will agree with this, that it's because the administrators aren't equally enforcing no, discipline they're not. issues. So if that's the problem, let's deal with that. That has nothing to do with the guidelines that exist. In fact, the guidelines that exist existed to create more equality across all of our schools. And the reality is this is going to affect our minority students more than anybody this else is, that already does. This is, and so this sounds like an enforcement issue where the rules and the laws on the books don't need to change or added to, they just need to be enforced. And giving Wayne Ivy a platform was a terrible idea. Oh, there was a camera, so you know how he is. It's yes. like a moth to a flame. <laughs> Absolutely. And Matt Susan's right up there with him. Oh, man. Because Matt's trying to pad his resume so we can run for State House 32. Yep, yep. But back to these conversations. Don't have conversations you're not going to win. If you're talking to an election denier, don't try to tell them elect that the election wasn't stolen. That is a no-win conversation. Yeah, just get them to be like, so why aren't you pulling Posey out of his office? Right. Yeah. Honest to goodness, if I were talking to election denier, I'd say, so... Do you think Democrats are smart enough to have, I wouldn't tell them, I would ask them, do you think Democrats are smart enough to have stolen the election for the president and left Mitch McConnell in place? Yeah. I would only enter a dialogue with somebody, anybody listening to this, if you're actually willing to hear what they have to say, as lunatic as it might sound. When you're not, just walk away. Right, right. Okay. But what we can still do, back to this, I see you. So we're going to have a volunteer appreciation. If you filled out one sticky note, if you knocked one door, if you hung a door hanger, if you ran for office. If you fed somebody who was running for office, if you said nice things to your county chair because she was really overworked and stressed and cried a lot, then you're invited to my house for our volunteer appreciation, which will be Saturday, December 10th. It's at my house from two to five on Saturday, December 10th. 
And then we're also, we're, our next meeting of the general body will be the fourth Wednesday in January. I highly encourage everybody to come out. We're going to talk about our debrief. We did a debrief where we, people were invited to give comment on what they thought worked, what they thought didn't. We're going to be discussing that and talking about our 2032 big honk and build a bench plan. It's going to be super fun. All right. Cool. Yes. Remember, we are with you. You are not alone yep, yep. in the craziness that is Florida. Yeah, we are here. We'll be here all year until season three after the next tiny little election that we have. Actually, we have a lot. So I'll tell you quickly what we have in 2023. A lot compared to the rest of the state. We have Barefoot Bay has two seats. Holiday Park, which is a special tax district, has five seats. Says Barefoot Bay for that matter. It's five seats. Cape Canaveral has two seats up. I'm including one currently held by a Democrat. Indy Atlantic has two seats up. Indian Harbor Beach has two seats. Melbourne Beach has a mayor seat and a city council seat. Melbourne Village has three seats, I think. Melbourne Village is so hard to figure out. And we actually have a supermajority in Melbourne Village, including the mayor seat. Right. Palm Shores has a mayor and two seats. Rockledge has a mayor and two seats. So there are a lot of elections this year. Right. And so those are in November? They're in November. And they're a great place to just learn more about politics and how to run elections and how to how to and office. these elections even though they sound small they are actually bigger in your life because a match that is right up against your eye shines brighter than the sun which is millions billions of miles away because it is so far away but these that is so that is a beautiful metaphor right so because <laughs> all these, now. these are the people who write the laws that affect your life they are the people who could potentially change the speed limits in your neighborhood fill they're, your potholes yeah they are the people who could fill your potholes they are the people who could they're also the people that will run for office down the road yeah these are important because they actually do have an outsized impact if congress passes something that might show up as a problem on your door in five years if a local elected official passes something it could be a problem for you next week yeah or a solution for you next week yeah so if you want to run for office want to learn how to run for office this is a great place to cut your teeth and really build our build our bench and build our base we need to double our volunteers even for this cycle. We need at least 500 people to knock doors this, this cycle. It's going to be fun. So <laughs> this episode, we talked about Donald Trump running and his legal troubles. We talked about the midterm elections and how they weren't as bad as we thought. And we talked about the impact that the elections have had at the local level here. We talked about how to survive family dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. So... If you enjoyed what we did, if you hated what we did, I don't know, tell a friend if you enjoyed it. If you didn't, yeah, tell us. Send an email to pushedpod at gmail.com. We have received one email so far, but we're waiting on that second one. So we know our email box works. Don't leave us alone. Let us know you're out there. Uh Thanks. Thank you. If you got something out of this and know of anybody who cares about what we're saying here, please share. Word of mouth is everything in the grassroots game. If we're awesome, tell a friend. If we're not, tell us how to get better. This has been another episode of the Push Ahead podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at push underscore ahead or subscribe to our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. 
You can find relevant links to the stories that we're talking about in our liner notes on our website at pushaheadpod.com. The music is Super String Theory by Lobo Loco.